0: Hello and welcome to the last but one episode of the Capital FM COVID nineteen crisis podcast with me, Chanci Simoyo. Before we go into today's subject, a quick update on the last week's entry about the public's demand for booster COVID vaccine shorts on February 16th, Health Minister and Presidential Task Force on COVID-19 Co-Chairperson Zechi Bonda finally endorsed coronavirus booster jabs in a statement that we have recited. The task force also reviewed emerging information that is coming on the COVID-19 vaccines as well as recommendations from the in-country expert groups such as the Malawi Immunization Technical Advisory Group. The following will be implemented. The Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is now open for anyone aged 12 years and above. COVID-19 vaccine booster dose can now be administered voluntarily to anyone eligible based on the country's recommendation on booster vaccines, and Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine will be administered in two doses. Given 12 weeks apart, all those who had received their dose of J&J and more than 12 weeks have elapsed will receive the second dose of J&J as a booster dose. As expected, the minister's announcement has met with remarkable public excitement as evident from these voices. I believe that getting the booster jab will enable me to be safe and also protect those people around me. It's quite important for government to introduce the booster shows. Sometimes I feel like with the, the variants that keep coming up, maybe my immunity might not be that strong, considering that we keep having different variants of different strengths. So I think we should have it. Now that we've ticked the update box from our last installment, let's turn to this episode's substantive topic whose focus is the recent moderate tropical storm Anna's impact on the pandemic. Just as the COVID situation was stabilizing in the country, the devastating tropical storm Anna in late January brought with it various challenges that are threatening to complicate the COVID situation. For starters, the hostile weather condition that mostly hit the country's southern region rekindled the agony that learners in various affected schools went through at the height of the pandemic. While that time, local schools endured lengthy COVID-induced breaks, this time around, learning has been disrupted following the conversion of some learning facilities into temporary shelters for storm survivors. As public concern grows, that affected learners may not catch up with their colleagues even when the situation normalises. Education authorities insist that special measures will be put in place to resolve the lessons gap. Chikonda Nomusa is Malawi's Secretary for Education. Everybody's preoccupation is saving lives, first and foremost. And then we take care of the issue of right to education. All our teachers are trained in remediation strategies. So we know what to do. We will remediate. They will catch up. Our teachers are uh, trained in this. And uh, when disaster struck last time in 2019, when, when, when COVID came, we were on top of it. Well, apart from disrupting lessons, the instantaneous crowding of villages in confined school spaces has heightened the risk of COVID 19 spread among communities. The danger is obviously real. Considering that the displaced people lost whatever little personal protective equipment, such as face masks and soaps or sanitizers, alongside their various belongings in the storm floods. Luckily, some well wishes, including the Malawi Red Cross Society, have since stepped in to provide COVID preventive materials in evacuation camps. Priska Jisala is the society's director of programs. At the moment, most of the affected populations are living in the camp, so definitely they will be living in congested places. So we are trying to make sure that as they are suffering from the effects of the floods, the strong winds and the like, they should also not forget that we are still living in the COVID-19 pandemic. Therefore, they need to still be protected from the pandemic. Another dimension of the storm's impact on the pandemic involves the transport and communication sector, as some major and critical roads have some of their sections washed away. As you would expect, the situation means that a great deal of health services, including provision of COVID-19 interventions, cannot take place in affected areas. Compounding things further is the electricity situation that has been so erratic since Tropical Storm Anna-induced floods devastated power generation, transmission and distribution activities. Although a nationwide power outage was resolved within the days of disaster, load shedding has become the order of the day, with many areas going several hours on end without electricity. This is is due to the fact that 32% of power was taken out of the country's national grid after floods swept away a dike and other equipment at a critical hydro power station. While there has been no official confirmation, there is fear that unreliable power supply could affect storage and eventual shelf life of vaccine doses. However, the situation is gradually improving as appropriate authorities are working to restore power. Innocent Chitossi is Public Relations Manager for the Electricity Supply Corporation of Malawi. Yes, Commander General engineers have been working and some machines were back and we restored by some areas, especially some parts of Blantyre. As we speak, we have added some more machines and we are reaching out to more. Beyond the immediate and observable impacts, there is a meet to long-term threat of economic complications as the government begins to restore damaged infrastructure at the likely expense of direct health services. Well, on that note, we conclude this edition of Capital FM COVID-19 Crisis Podcast. Many thanks to my colleagues Weekly Goma and Christy Gomani for their usual editorial and technical expertise. My name is Chin Moyo. Please watch out for a final episode of this series coming up soon.